0: Help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code parenting for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code parenting at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. This week, I'm going to answer a question about a six-year-old who is sneaking things when he's been told not to, and give the family some background in what might be going on, why he's doing it, and give some feedback about how to handle it. Now, rather than answering a second question today, I want to cover a very important topic that just came up in our local community news and help parents better understand this phenomenon and how to protect their kids. Now, this is a heavy topic and may be something you want to talk to your kids about in age appropriate ways on your own and therefore may not want them to hear this part of the episode as I'll be discussing pedophilia. The information is all things I have and do share with my kids, but you may want to feel prepared and ready to explain and answer questions in your own way. So I just want to give parents and caregivers that option up front, and I will give a warning before I get into that topic. So the first question is from Cassidy, who wrote, Hello, I just found your podcast, and I have to say it is so helpful. Currently, my stepson, we have full custody of, and he rarely sees or hears from his biological mom, who is six, is having a problem taking toys, clothes, items he's not supposed to, to school. He also decided when he went to have a sleepover at grandma's house to take a bunch of clothes, movies, and toys that his father and I said he was not able to take with him. He sneaks things in his pockets or backpacks when his dad and I are not looking. It is very heartbreaking that I can't trust my child and I have to check every single thing that goes with us whenever we start to leave the house. On top of that, he also waits until his dad and I are not around and goes into the kitchen and steals candy, cookies, any kind of dessert item. He gets a snack when he gets home from school and he also gets a snack at his after-school program. So I know it's not because he's hungry. I'd gotten to the point where I would hide any kind of sweets in our bedroom and he would still sneak into our room and eat all of it. I just don't know what to do anymore about these. He has gotten countless groundings and timeouts because of this, but yet he still continues to do it, and he will tell us he accidentally does it. It's gotten very frustrating, and all I do is continually pray that we can find a way to stop this behavior. If you have any advice on what we can do, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Cassidy, a concerned stepmom. So first of all, Cassidy, he's really lucky to have a stepmom who is so caring and concerned because that's what he really needs right now and you should be concerned about this because this little boy is really hurting and this is his way of coping with it. Now he very likely cannot help it. This is an impulse and I won't and can't diagnose someone without seeing them but it's likely that he is suffering from kleptomania which is the recurrent inability to resist the urges to steal items that you generally don't really need or that usually have little value. Now kleptomania refers to a compulsive stealing behavior. It belongs to a family of impulse control disorders. Children with kleptomania experience these strong impulses to steal objects. The impulse to steal is extremely strong and the child cannot resist it no matter how hard he or she tries. There's a loss of control and some children experience it as an automatic act. Before the act of stealing, there's an extreme tension that builds up in the mind and the body, and when the act is carried out, the child usually experiences a pleasure and relief. Now, this is similar to cutting. This is the same, cutting has the same type of thing. There's this buildup of tension, and this is the way to relieve that tension is through a cutting behavior. It's really difficult to understand why people do these types of things, but this is an impulse control issue that he really can't help. They usually carry out the act alone, and it's a carefully guarded secret. Children suffering from kleptomania develop uncomfortable feelings of shame, guilt, and fear. Many children suffering from kleptomania have often experienced a real or imagined deprivation or loss, and both the act of stealing and the stolen object help them deny and cope with the painful reality. So as you can see, the consequences of any kind are not going to fix this issue and it's more likely to make it more ingrained and make it worse because it's going to ingrain the guilt and the fear and the shame around it making it even more of a secret he's going to try to hide it more and more so I would get into your pediatrician right away to discuss this matter now you might be able to have a quick phone call with their office to get some referrals to some recommended child mental health professionals But they may want you to come in and see them first. A lot of times they do. So I would get in as soon as possible and get him into a recommended mental health professional as soon as you can. One who's hopefully has some experience working with this or other types of anxiety disorders like cutting or obsessive compulsive disorders because uh, this needs to be handled in a very particular way. I have a feeling that whatever his experiences have been in his short life are likely related to the relationship with his mom, his dad, or their divorce, if that's what happened, if they had a divorce, I don't know if they were married, but I'm guessing there's some trauma in there somewhere, and that's likely contributing to this impulse to steal and the best chances of getting him the help he needs and getting it under control. Without that, he will likely get worse. Also, the mental health professional can guide you And his dad, how to deal with this at home, how to best help him become more aware of his behaviors and change them, how to work with him to get these behaviors changed and then work with him in the office to help him recognize his behaviors and find some different go-to behaviors and help him work through that trauma. So now I'm on to this heavy topic of pedophilia. And in a few minutes, I'm going to get into it. I'm not going to get too technical or scientific, but I am going to cover some important background information first. This is a topic that affects far too many people in society, mostly children. It's not new. It's not more common now than it has been before. And it's still way underreported for many reasons. And the idea of our own children ever being a victim strikes fear in the heart of almost every parent. So I'm going to get into the background information, including the recent incident from my own community in Santa Clarita, California. I'm going to talk about what you need to know as a parent or caregiver to protect your kids. If you have kids listening right now, you may want to wait until you can listen with headphones or once they're in bed, if you want to address this topic with your children in your own language in an age-appropriate way. But before I dive into the topic and go into the background information, it's time to go to a word from our sponsor, Lola. What is Lola? Lola is a female founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all natural cleansing wipes. Founders Jordan and Alexandra asked themselves, if we care about the ingredients in the food we eat and the beauty products we use, why shouldn't the same be true of our feminine care products? Major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products, including rayon and polyester. Their feminine care products may also be treated with harsh chemical cleansing agents, fragrances, synthetics, and dyes. Lola is founded by women for women and offers pads, liners, and both BPA-free plastic applicator or environmentally non-applicator tampons. I have been using Lola for the last four cycles and I am just loving these tampons. Everyone's cycle is different and mine is short but heavy. I love that I can order the exact number of each absorbency that I need to fit my cycle. And just like I've shared in the past, I had a lot of trouble with other products and really bad leaking during a workout. With Lola, I never have an issue. I can do a long, hard workout, and I'm talking hours on the bike, in the pool, or on a trail run, and not a single spot of leakage. I also love that they're all organic. And I never really thought about that before, but now I feel so much better about what I'm putting in and against my body for 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter parenting. When you check out again, for 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter parenting. When you subscribe. Now that we're back after the break, it's time to get into this topic of how to protect our kids from sexual abuse. Now, this is a really tough topic, and although I do my very best to share the information as gently as I possibly can while still getting the pertinent information across, for anyone who has ever been sexually abused or knows someone well who has, some of this material could be triggering. So I want you to be aware of this, do what you need to do to take care of yourself, and then when you do ingest the information, you can do it in a way that will make it useful for you. Now, I'm sure you all know what a pedophile and pedophilia is, but just so we're all on the same page, pedophilia is an ongoing, intense sexual attraction to prepubescent children, generally age 13 and younger, and it has to be for a period of six months or more where the urges have been acted on or have caused significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of life. A person is not considered to have pedophilia if they are under the age of 16. They have to be at least 16 years of age and at least five years older than the child they are feeling an attraction to, or children, or pictures, whatever. So a 16-year-old attracted to a 13-year-old is not considered a pedophile or pedophilia, but a 16-year-old or older who has an ongoing sexual attraction and arousal that is intense, to a child who is eleven years or younger is considered pedophilia. So for those who remember me sharing my incident when I was four, my perpetrator would not have been considered a diagnosable pedophile or with pedophilia because he was too young. He was fourteen. Also to the fact that it was a singular incident. If he had been older, if it had been ongoing, then it would be considered he would be considered a pedophile or to have pedophilia. Now, there is understandably a lot of shame around this disorder and it's really hard to get good data. So the prevalence of pedophilic disorder is unknown, but the highest possible prevalence in the male population is theorized to be approximately three to five percent. The prevalence in the female population is thought to be a very small fraction of the prevalence in males. They really just don't even have a reading on that, but there are female offenders. So keep that in mind offenders are usually family friends or relatives. Now our community has had three such cases in the past four years and actually two cases just in the past six months. Now these are only the ones that I know about and because believe it or not these things really don't get enough press to get our attention. There's so much going on in the world they just sort of seem to float by and they just don't get a lot of attention. And our community is not that big. I think we're about 150,000 people, maybe we're 200,000 people. We're in a little enclave north of Los Angeles, completely separated from the sprawl of the city at all. Now I heard of the first case several years back, but when I was doing a little research for this podcast, the second case I had never even heard of and it just happened last fall. I found it out only because I typed in Santa Clarita basketball coach arrested. And the first one from a couple years ago was a basketball coach. So that's why I searched that term. And the latest case popped up, not the older one that I had already known about. So this was a brand new case to me that I never heard about. So I don't know how many other cases have happened in our community alone that I'm just not aware of. As an adult and a mom of a son, both with ADHD, I know navigating the expectations of life with ADHD can be a challenge. But finding the right care and proper tools needed to succeed can be life-changing. With the right resources, you can turn your ADHD into your superpower. Done is an online ADHD care platform that can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD, online visits, refills, and a 24-7 care team made for you. Starting to take care of your ADHD is as easy as, one, taking a one-minute free assessment to see if Done can help. Two booking an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as today or tomorrow. Three, start receiving ongoing care, enjoy online visits, personalized treatment plan, Worry-free refills and 24-7 care. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co-pays as low as $0. Unlock your path to Better Focus Now at get.donefirst.com podcast. Done. Turn your ADHD into your strength. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So this is a very prevalent problem. Now the latest case that I learned about was a swim coach and as those who have been listening for a while know my kids and especially my oldest has been in the local swim community for five years off and on. We have two big swim clubs in town. This coach was from the one my son is not in or that any of my kids were not in. We had joined that club first, the one with the coach who was charged, just because of the logistics that worked out better for us as a family at that time. My son was six, my daughter was four, and I needed them both in swim at the same time, and they offered swim lessons at the same time. So that worked for us. I was warned by a parent about this offending coach at the time. No, he had not been convicted. No one had charged him with anything at that point, but she had told me about him and his questionable behavior. This was back in about 2015. He was coaching the older boys, like middle school ages, and my son was only six. But understanding the process of grooming and child molestation, I felt her warning signs were very valid for concern. Now, the plan for us had always been to join this other swim club anyway after that first season, because it was much smaller and friendlier and a warmer community. To me, it just was a better fit for us, and I knew that was always the plan was to move over anyway. So... Luckily, I never even met this man. My kids never met him. All I knew was his name and just to not ever let him coach your kids based on this mom's warnings and the things that she had shared with me, which I will talk about later in the episode when I talk about the grooming process. So we're going to fast forward about three years later. A child had come forward and reported being abused by this coach between the years of 2006 and 2011. Now, there are now up to 11 victims who have reported abuse, ranging from the... Ranging from the years 2006 to 2017, the perpetrator fled in December of last year before he could be arrested. And he was arrested last week in Costa Rica by U.S. Marshals. Now, I hate seeing these stories and I hate that my acquaintance and my red flags that she had shared with me about this man's behavior were so spot on. You know, we talk so much about stranger danger to kids, but the truth is that 95% of the time, kids are victimized by people they know and trust and who have earned the parents' trust. Now, the good news is that there are signs. Pedophiles go through a process called grooming with their potential victims. They do seemingly innocent things to see who both kids and their parents are receptive. They groom both, not just the kids. Now, there's an old urban legend that if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, he'll naturally hop out. It's too hot. However, if you place a frog in a pot of cool water and gradually increase the heat, you'll end up with a cooked frog. This is exactly what pedophiles do with the grooming process. Many pedophiles are extremely clever, they're often charming, and they're very patient. They're frequently thought of as among the most valued of community members, and this makes it. Even harder. We want to think of pedophiles as the creepy, disheveled old man with the dilapidated house on the corner that all the kids know to steer clear from, but that's simply not the case. They walk amongst us and they're often, quote unquote, pillars of their community. You want to think of Jerry Sandusky? Think of clergy from all religious backgrounds. There's no religious tradition that's immune to sports coaches, team doctors to leaders in youth organizations. Now, obviously, most of these people are good people and they are there for the kids. But the truth is you just don't know who is and who isn't. And so it's imperative that we trust no one alone with our kids. The other good news is, like I shared, there are signs of grooming, which is why the information this other mother shared were some big red flags for me and for her. And I'm going to get into these signs of grooming, what to watch out for when I get back after a word from our sponsor, ButcherBox. This month, ButcherBox is offering free bacon for life. Sign up now and you'll get one package of the best tasting bacon free in every box for the life of your subscription. Butcher Box Bacon is Whole 30 approved, uncured, nitrate, and sugar free. Right now, new members will get a package of bacon for free in every box for the life of your subscription. Plus, you'll get $20 off your first box. Butcher Box makes it easy to get high quality meat that you can trust every month. Butcher Box delivers 100% grass fed and grass finished beef, free range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild Alaskan salmon directly to your door. The incredible quality of butcher box meat starts with the commitment to raising animals humanely that are never fed antibiotics or hormones. Each box comes with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. You can choose from five different box types, all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, mixed box, or a custom box. I love ButcherBox because it saves me time from having to look through the store. It comes right to my door. I have been so impressed with the quality and let me tell you, the bacon is amazing. We have used it just in the past week for our Father's Day breakfast. We made homemade crepes with a side of bacon and I've been using it on salads as well since we are getting into the summer. It is incredible. To receive $20 off your first box and a package of free bacon in every box for the life of your subscription, go to butcherbox.com parenting or enter parenting at the checkout. Go now for the limited time offer. ButcherBox bacon is sourced from heritage breed pigs and is uncured nitrate free and sugar free. Now that we're back, after the break, I'm going to get right into the signs of grooming as it relates to a pedophile and child molestation. First, children from broken homes and troubled families are the easier targets. The more unloved the child feels and appears, the less likely the child is to tell on someone who displays love and affection. And the less likely anyone is to believe that child, if the child ever tells. Now, you can think of, in this case, Jerry Sandusky. For those who don't know who he was, you might you can go look him up. But he was a football coach at Penn State University. I grew up in State College, Pennsylvania. And so that, that story hit me very, very hard many years ago. And he had started a non-profit that was supposed to be for kids from broken families. Well, unfortunately, this was his way of getting close to kids from broken families that he could get close to and that he could target and victimize. Predators pay special attention to children to make them feel special. A predator might present him or herself as a sympathetic listener and friend when parents and others aren't there to support or disappoint a child. They often target adolescents who feel isolated from their peers. Predators will sometimes buy gifts for children and many times will tell the kids not to tell their parents. Sometimes they can be very expensive and lavish gifts. Big electronics, well not big, but small electronics, but expensive electronics, concert tickets, those types of things. Predators will work to get a child alone. Now this is a big one. Oftentimes they are seemingly innocent at first. Now, one of the things the mom shared with me about this coach, the swim coach, now his name was Jeremy, but he went by Jay. What he often did was he would offer kids rides to practice or offer them rides home or to parents so that the parents didn't have to stay or come back and get them. Now, these were often kids or parents who never even said they had an issue with transportation. They didn't say, I can bring my kid to practice, but I'm, I'm not sure I can get back to pick them up right on time. He would just flat out offer without anyone coming forward and saying they needed a ride you know swim practice is two hours long that's a big chunk of the day taking time either to stay there for the entire thing or go and come back it takes a big chunk out of the day now this sounds innocent and thoughtful and nice enough right for the coach to just offer the rides to the kids but no that's a huge red flag to me and it should be to you i mean it is possible that someone is just trying to be nice But never allow anyone to get your child alone. Even if he says, I'm already taking Joe and Ben so I can just swing by and bring Connor too. I don't care what other parents are doing. A coach or anyone who's spending 30 plus minutes after work to drive kids around and drop them off at home or come pick them up early. That's a red flag. And someone is going to be the last kid in the car. The other thing I learned talking to parents whose kids were on this team and training under this coach, Jay, and thank goodness his kids were not victims, what he shared was that Jay would often offer to take the kids on outings like hikes, and when the dad said to him, well, I should probably go too, the coach said, no, these other three kids are all going too, so it's fine. We got a group of us. Now, this was part of his grooming process. Which parents are going to allow me to take their kids? First with other kids to build that trust, but eventually he'll work his way to being alone with the child or children, one at a time, not together, who are and whose parents are most receptive and trusting. Now you have to look at this and you can see there's a whole system in place here that he earns the trust of these kids and of their parents and then other parents see that the other parents trust and they just sort of fall in line and he's got everybody under his control and in his system and he also would do things like this is a coach who turns out really high caliber athletes and everybody wants to be this coach's pet they want to be his favorite because that's the kid that does well because they get extra attention in practice well unfortunately that extra attention were kids that he was molesting but if you're a kid who doesn't go along doesn't go with the coach doesn't trust him He then chastises you in practice, and there's this whole system in place. Now, a predator also might touch your child in your presence so that he or she, your daughter or son, thinks that you're comfortable with the touching. Now, this act might be as simple as putting an arm over the shoulder or asking for a hug to say goodbye. Now, keep in mind that the first physical contact between a predator and the victim, is often non-sexual, and it's designed to test and desensitize the child. It breaks down inhibitions and leads to more overt sexual touching. It may begin as an accidental, quote-unquote, bump or rub, an arm around the shoulder, a brushing of hair, a sweep of the thigh or the buttocks. The other thing my mom acquaintance shared with me, was that Jay would touch the boys while they were up on the blocks practicing dives, on the thighs, on the hips, and even on the buttocks. I'm sure this started with each child, very inconspicuous and innocuous like the touches I was talking about, but eventually he worked himself up to a place where he could touch the kids almost anywhere in public view without anyone even batting an eye. Now, the kids were likely feeling uncomfortable, but if mom or dad or other parents or other coaches are sitting right there watching and no one says anything, it sends a message to these kids that I must just be overly sensitive. It must be okay. This is normal in coaching. He must have to do this. Now, there's no need ever for a coach to touch a child in that way, but especially the buttocks. You know, my son's coach does correct their stance on the blocks at times, but if they need to move a leg, he tells them where to put their foot and he puts his hand down on the block and tells them where to line up their toes or their heel. He'll be like, touch my hand with the heel of your you know, your left leg so they know where to put it. I want your toes hanging over the front, you know, of the block. Like he will explain it verbally as much as he can. On the rare occasion, he has needed to fix their hip position and he can't get them to fix it with the verbal instruction. He'll ask, is it okay if I help you get in the right position? Rotate your hips and I'm going to touch you up here on the lower back. Is that okay with you? And then if the child says yes, he does it quickly. He does it efficiently. There's no like you know, lingering touches that would be unacceptable. This in and of itself is not a red flag. At times, a coach may need to fix something and it is done most expediently by manipulating the child's body, you know, and they should be finding the best place to touch the child that is the least uncomfortable or the least sexual or private area they can possibly find to do this, to, to help them with this movement. It's a rare occurrence, it's done quickly, it's done efficiently, and always respectful by asking first. And there's no other signs of grooming. This is a coach doing their job. A predator might take advantage of a child's natural curiosity about sex, and these are going to be kids who are getting more towards puberty, middle school, and and even uh, high school, by telling jokes, showing him or her pornography, or by playing sexual games. A predator may also offer to play games or buy treats for younger children, And for older children or teenagers, they may offer to buy drugs or alcohol. And then after a while, with the slow grooming process, and they can be very patient with this, months, sometimes even years, they'll start to ask for something in return. Now, this is a class I've been wanting to create for a long time. And I'm gonna put this on the fast track because it is such important material. But I think first, knowing that predators are often charming and seemingly upstanding community members, and the signs for grooming will go a long way in empowering parents to protect your kids from any potential grooming. Secondly, I'm going to go over a couple of really big pieces towards protecting your kids so you can be sure you are doing these things as well. These are two really big pieces, and you want to do them frequently. First, and I've covered this already in a few prior episodes, you want to discuss anatomy, and sex, and use proper names for all body parts with your kids starting at a very young age. Penis and vulva, or penis and vagina. Now, vulva is technically the entire anatomy of the female, the labia, the clitoris, the vagina. The vagina is really just the opening to the uterus. But a lot of people use vagina in place of vulva, and that's fine. Actually, even my friend who's a psych professor and teaches human sexuality uses the term vagina to refer to the whole vulva. The important thing is to talk about it and use those technical terms. Make it a topic that's open for discussion in a shame-free space. Make it a topic that your kids know they can come to you with. Secondly, talk to your kids about sexual predators in age-appropriate ways. Let them know no one is allowed to touch them in their private parts and teach what private parts are, anything covered by a bathing suit. Really, no one is allowed to touch them in any way, anywhere, if they don't want them to. And this includes hugs and kisses. Honor that. If your child doesn't want to kiss, I know it's hard, but honor that. Let them know they have autonomy over their body. If relatives stomp all over it, what chance do they have with a non-relative to find and use their voice? Let your kids know if anyone tries to or does touch them in a way that makes them feel uncomfortable or doesn't stop when they said so, to let you know. It doesn't matter if it's a hug or rubbing their leg or trying to put their hand in their underwear. Let them know they can come to you and you will make sure that person doesn't touch them again. When this story broke last week, I sat down again with each of my three kids separately and had this conversation. I told them what happened. In age-appropriate ways at 8, 8, and 10, about a coach who was inappropriate with his teammates that they were sexually that they were touched on their private parts. I told them if anyone tries to touch them to tell me and I will make sure it doesn't happen again. Now this has been an extra long episode but this is a really important topic and I'm going to end with one last thing and that is the quote And those are some quotes from pedophiles, just so that you can understand a little more what they look for, and what and how they think, and why all of this is so important. So this was the first one. Parents are so naive. They're worried about strangers and should be worried about their brother-in-law. They just don't realize how devious we can be. I used to abuse children in the same room with their parents, and they couldn't see it or didn't seem to know it was happening. There's a second one. I was disabled and spent months grooming the parents, so they would tell their children to take me out and help me. No one thought that disabled people could be abusers. Parents are partly to blame if they don't tell their children about sexual matters. I used it to my advantage by teaching the child myself. Parents shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about things like this. It's harder to abuse or trick a child who knows what you're up to. And then lastly, I want to just say, listen to your instincts. I don't care how nice someone seems. I don't care if the whole world seems to love this person because often they do. Often other parents love this person. He's so good to our kids. You can think Jerry Sandusky again. You can think the gymnast doctor, team doctor for the um, female gymnastics team. You can think... um, Think of the swim coach or the basketball coaches in our community. If you see the red flags, if you're questioning or feeling uncomfortable with the exchanges between this adult and your child, listen to your instincts. Protect your child and above all else, if your child comes to you, believe them and get them into a trusted and highly recommended mental health professional in this area. Follow the lead of the counselor as your child works through the process of recovery. And again, I will work on fast-tracking this class so I can cover even more information about the grooming process, pedophilia, causes, all kinds of things, and other types of pedophiles to look out for, and all the ways to really prepare your kids and get them ready to make sure they're protected, because this is just too important not to have it available Also, remember there are over 50 classes available now on the website at yourvillageonline.com in areas of positive discipline, development and health, modern parenting and education for infants through teens. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This is the story of the one.